Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Welcome, everyone, to the House of David Bible Study. This is Pastor Keith Allen. And this week's Bible study will be focusing on the seventh feast of the Lord. Um, hope everyone is ready. This is some pretty good stuff um, to show you how, you know, our tradition and, you know, history goes and how far off we are. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we are way off. Are we way off? We are. Okay. So, but for those of you who couldn't find it, it's in Leviticus chapter 23. Peace of the Lord. Peace of the Lord. That's right. So, that being said, can anyone at least name one besides Passover? Uh, yes. I, I'm not as prepared as I should be, Keith. I'll admit it. So there's, um, there's Passover. There's the leavened bread. Um, the Pentecost mm. and Feast of Trumpets yeah. and oh um, I don't know I, for, I forget the last two you got, I don't have you much got, you got the, the Feast of First Fruits and the Feast of Tabernacles are the two you were missing oh that's right that's right that's pretty cool well, you were studying. <laughs> <laughs> There's lots of – I tell you, this study got me really into, like, the the Messianic, um, like, traditions. I'm like, I want to go to a Messianic church. This is really interesting. <laughs> so then I might go to one one day. And you actually should, um, because I actually attended one for uh, a little while myself, and it does um, reconnect you with the origins. There's a lot of things that you don't know. And then you can also just learn from people who are, I mean, their their faith is, and the way that they walk is is different, you know, from the, um, I guess, the traditional Christian, you know, faith walk. But when you get with people, you know, within the Messianic synagogues, it's like a mix, you know. But it's, it's, it's just... Um, it's something. It's I, I can't even really describe it honestly. When you when you meet people that are, um, you know, Jewish faith people who have converted over to, to Christ, and I don't even want to say converted because mm-hmm. really they just know now that the Messiah has come. You know, right. so it's not even like a conversion. It's just believing. You know. Yeah. And um. And like you said, we we are the ones who lost our foundation, you know. And um, when you get with places like that, you find a lot of 
custom, but then you appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, because there's nothing random about God. All of those traditions, like, mean something. And I think it's just, it makes it, the word, that much richer if you know those. You know, like even just kind of listen, like learning about the feast. I was like, wow, that's really cool. So, yeah, we'll get there one day. <laughs> we, we we shall, but we have to release and let go of some things because the way our society works now is if you're not doing what the masses are doing, you're wrong, you're out of line. Right. Um, and they try to make you feel bad about it, you know, mm-hmm. Um I know you, you – um, I think you guys were out of the country at the time, Melinda, when we did the um, the e, uh, the um, study on Easter. Oh, okay. And um, that whole thing, again, the holidays in which we call holidays as far as the Christian side of, of you know um, – I'm going to call them Matt and I, as the Jewish people do. <laughs> uh-huh. What we do, we Easter, Thanksgiving, Christmas, you know, those are the three that we mainly celebrate. It's way out of whack from what he told them to to observe was the seven feasts. Easter, and again, uh, Mindy wasn't here. I don't know if Tina was here or not, um, but that was a pagan god. Um, and I'll dig that information up for you guys and, and get it out to you. But uh, we pronounce it Easter, but it's Esther or something like that. It was pronounced uh, in the pagan god who was the goddess of fertility and laid eggs for new birth. Yeah, so we're celebrating a bunny and a pagan god when we should be celebrating the crucifixion and the, and the uh, resurrection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but when you go to anybody and say, I don't celebrate Easter, now you are some kind of a cult member or something because <laughs> you don't celebrate Easter. Right. Um, but for me, you know, I'd rather be wrong. Because as you know, that one one blues song say, if loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right. <laughs> if God's wrong, then I don't want to be right. Okay, so hey, I see it. And, you know, God gave us certain guidelines to follow, just like the commandments. He gave you guidelines to follow. You know, and I'm not saying, you know, no, we're not Jewish, and, you know, most of this stuff was catered to the Jewish people. But however, he said, he bringing us all together That's right. to celebrate in the new Jerusalem, which is the new tabernacle, which is the body of God himself. Mm-hmm. So when we go into new Jerusalem, we will all be doing the same. We will all be worshiping, praising, praying, you know, whatever it is we are going to be doing, mm-hmm. we'll all be doing the same. And that's the funny thing, though, too, is that we always want to segregate ourselves mm-hmm. because of the way that we've all been raised in society, and especially mm-hmm. in America, you know, and how every you know thing kind of came together. We always want to kind of like separate ourselves in some in, in all manners. But it's like when you really, when it really comes down to, you are a soul. You are not the flesh that you're wrapped in inside of. 
you know, and, uh-huh. and um, you know, some people say, okay, these are the chosen people and these people are, are not chosen or whatever. And it's like when God gets us all together, it's not going to be a line for the Jewish people, a line for the Gentiles, you know. Well, well, you know. The, the whole thing is, you know, they get us, you know, through our kids, you know, um, and it really eats at a parent. You know, when you got your kid at school, you know, and I'm pretty sure other um, religious people go through this when, you know, um, someone tells them, hey, you know, we don't celebrate this holiday. But your kid is sitting in this classroom with all these kids celebrating Halloween or Easter, and they got candy and, you know, cake and cookies and all this other stuff going around. They're dressed up. And your kids want to dress up too, but then you go, well, we don't celebrate that, so I'm not going to, you know, have my kid there. And most people will hold their kids out of school that day just so they don't go through that torture. Mm-hmm. But they, they play on our kids. They put the commercials up there. They put in the storefronts all these decorations and stuff to draw your kids in. So that's where your heart is, mm-hmm. you know, or, or other loved ones as well. You know, it may not be necessarily be your kids. It may be a niece or nephew that you, you know, so love, you know, just as much. But that's how they capture us, and they pull you away from God to do what they want to do but they nullify everything that God wants you to do. Mm-hmm. And we all get sucked into it. I've been sucked into it all my life until, you know, God brought it to my attention that mm-hmm. we, you know, um, are not focused on him anymore. We're focused on the material things. We're, we're, we're you know, worshiping idols, the Easter Bunny, Santa Claus, and such things as so. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, this study was good because it, like Melinda said, it kind of brought some stuff to your attention that you want to dig deeper in and know more about. Like, okay, what are they doing? When do they do it? Why do they do it? You know, we know that Christmas is nothing but a commodity uh, day. It's for the, you know, the, uh, economic boost, as they say. Uh, it's We get temporary uh, pleasure out of it. I guarantee you, if you, you tell me what you got for Christmas last year, you're probably not even doing anything with it. It's probably sitting on the shelf somewhere mm-hmm. or in storage. But that's the whole thing. It, it's temporary satisfaction. Right. Because you, you're not giving God the glory as these feasts would do. Right. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. So, that being said, I had found some stuff in my uh, digging. Oh, if you just joined in, um, we're on Leviticus 23. Chapter 23. Uh Yeah, and I'll read those out real quick. Um, I found some interesting stuff um, uh, on the seventh feast. So, um, so let me get into the, the word here real quick. So Leviticus, yeah, Leviticus chapter 23, it spells out what God had ordained. And he said in the Lord, in the first, first verse, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them concerning the feast of the Lord, which ye shall proclaim to be holy congregation, even these my feet. So he's saying, you need to hold these and be true to them, be upright with them, and not you know, falter in your ways, but 
make sure you stay fast on these these holidays. Okay? Okay, he says, in the first one, and this is the Sabbath of rest, the seventh day. He says, six days shall be uh, work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest. Okay, holy convocation, ye shall do no work therein. It is the the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. And he says, these are the peace of the Lord, even holy invocations, okay, and in their seasons. And then he says, and this is the thing, because the Jewish holiday, well, not the Jewish New Year, starts in technically supposed to be April, okay? Supposed to be the fourth month of the year. Somehow, some way, we get Easter falling on crazy. That's why no one knows when that day on holiday is. It, it just falls wherever, you know? <laughs> But it's the most. It's the third week or second week of month. Well, it's it's after spring, and it's supposed to be like the third week of whatever it is. Like all all these (laughs) doggone technicalities. Uh, But the thing is, it's supposed to be the fourth uh, month of of what we call the the beginning of the year. So their calendar should start in in April. Mm -hmm. Okay. So on the fifteenth of April is when they have the Passover. Okay, their new year is known as Rosh Hashanah. Mm-hmm. Okay, and when that happens, 15 days later, comes Passover. Okay, and we know the Sabbath is every seven days. Mm-hmm. So that's a feast you're going to hold throughout the year. It's not a, you know, like the... Um, one time a year. Yeah, one time a year thing. That's why he said... Uh, in one of his books, and I have to find it, uh, I was so looking for that scripture. He said, your young man should come before the Lord three times a year. And whoever enters that matrix will come before the Lord three times a year. And he's talking about the young men who come to oh, the I womb. Like, I like that. Who come through the womb, come before the Lord three times a year, meaning these three main feasts, which is Sukkot, um, Shabbat and Passover, you come to the Lord and you you celebrate. Mm-hmm. Okay, we all know their actual feast in which you you lay out a dinner, you 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 know just enjoy what God has done for you. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think one one thing that is key about that though is we're um, actually celebrating God that. Um, most of the time we get caught up into that traditional thing about holidays of just getting together. We treat it kind of like a family reunion. Right. Or we treat it just like they say a Sunday dinner Mm -hmm. where everybody's just sitting around, we're just eating or whatever and just talking about whatever. Nobody's doing it in remembrance of God. I mean, God is like nowhere in it except for maybe you praying on real food. Food, And that's about it, you know, and we forget God. But that's the reason why it's so important, like like even when Melinda was talking about going to, like, a Messianic synagogue, mm-hmm. so you can see that it is an intricate process. Everything yeah. is a process, right. you know. And the reason why I believe that the Lord even has that way is because we need to take it so serious. Like he has said, you know, to, um, to look upon this, you know, look at this day, proclaim the day. <laughs> He says, honor the day. He says, appoint the time. Right. You know, he's, you know, everything he's kind of like, you know, pointing at, at this, at this, 
specific time, proclaim and do all of these different things. He's trying to tell you that, that you have to carry this out as a ritual, you know, that it is that it is a ritual, and there's deeper meaning always behind everything we do, and especially in festivals, because it's a reconnection to God. You know, because sometimes we 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 are this type of people where it's out of sight, out of mind. Right. If we don't spend time in God's presence, we we kind of just let the day really drift away. But the thing is, you know, when you go into your Sabbath and you go to the, the, the Jewish day is different from ours. Okay. They celebrate everything that Friday at sunset, mm-hmm. which is mainly they, they, they set up a point in time so it'll be a set time, and it's, it's normally 6 p.m. is when they do everything, mm-hmm. all right? And the reason why they do so, 6 p.m. is considered a new day for them. So we're still calling it night um, that same day until midnight, but them it's a new day. 6 p.m. is a new day, and it rolls around all the way through 6 p.m. to the next day, okay? And the reason why they do this is right here. None of you even caught this before. <laughs> I'm going to read out Genesis chapter 1, okay? I'm going to read verse 4, and, and it says, And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. Okay, now here's the key. And the evening and the morning were the first day. See, the evening came first. The evening and the morning was the first day. Right. When you come back around, it is 6 p.m., that's why they do it the way they do it, of saying it is now a new day. So when they do their fast, when they do all their feasts, that's when it starts. That's so funny, too, because even traditionally in the church, when people fast, they fast from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. instead of going from 7 p.m., you yeah. know, on to the next right. morning. You know, it, it, it's funny how everything's backwards. Well, yeah, if, even for them, they, but they'll start, like, if they have to fast, like some of the, um, some of the feasts do call for a fast, mm-hmm. and they have to start an hour before the time is, is um, so they're more like to start at 5 o'clock, which represents grace. You know, 5 represents grace. So right. going into that, they give grace and they consecrate themselves, meaning they clean themselves. You know, they get ready to go into this fast. And that's how they do. And we all know on Passover, the Passover meal is done so intricate. They even got certain dishes that they use, right. and, and uh, you know certain you know you know bread and and whatever they can eat, and uh, that meal is supposed to be eaten up, nothing left. Right. Nothing should be left over. And there's something spoken over each thing that they eat. Yes, something spoken over each thing that they eat, and if it is something left, and if there's something left in the morning, that you are to sit down with a staff in your right hand and you eat it until it's all gone. It's like so much intricate stuff that was going on. I'm pretty sure they don't do that this day with the staff thing, but the point is, you know, they were true to what God said to do. And the instructions were, hey, if you got an abundance, then you invite your neighbors over. You take in as many people as you can to eat this meal so that there is nothing left. So... 
anyone has any uh, anything to say, interjection, uh, comments, questions? Um, why would they have to finish it, all of it? Because it represents a new manner. He's giving them a new covenant. Each and every day uh, is a new covenant with God. You, and not, not per se a new covenant, but it's a newness with him. And just like when they were in the wilderness, right before they went into the wilderness, but when they're in the wilderness, he gave them manna. And he told them to eat the manna and do not carry it over to the next day for it will spoil and it won't be any good. Mm. He, to let them know that you don't, try, you don't have to try and save anything. He's God and he will always provide. So when it's all gone, He's saying, I will bring more and bless you with more. Mm-hmm. And it's just okay. like uh, Summer and, and um, Apostle Jewish always say, you know, you got to spill out that old manna because you, you have to, in order to get new stuff, you have to get rid of the old stuff. Right. Right. So if you're holding on to the old stuff, you know, how am I going to give you something new? Right. You know, it's just, yeah, you have to move it out of the way. You know, like we said, you get a word today, take that word, digest it, and prepare for a new word tomorrow. Right. You know, so if you get revelation of thought, insight, you know, that's what you should do. Digest it, receive the new tomorrow, because if you hold on to the old, it says new wine cannot enter old wine skin because it will burst. So it will make a conflict, in other words, with what you've already received. So you need to set it to the side and to receive something new, or they will conflict with one another. And you won't be able to receive that newness. Also, he, you know, he also told um, Isaiah to eat the whole roll, meaning that when you read the word, you consume it all. You don't just consume it in part. So... The bread represents the word of God as well. You know, everything, like I said, it has a meaning behind it. So it's, it's just like eating the, the, the word and doing it all and not leaving anything out. Because um, remember, you said that or take away from the word. So you don't want to leave anything out whatsoever. And then he also told Isaiah that, um, that the word is, Sweet in his mouth, but it's sour in his belly. Meaning that you don't trap that down inside of you. You have to, you have to get it out. You know, you have to, um, like, like people say, empty yourself out so that you can actually be filled back up again. And the only way to do that is to speak that word out. And that was um, in the in the um, essence of the prophet. But um, that's the same analogy there too. Right. And we all know what the, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, that is kind of a gimme. It's unleavened bread. You can't, it's like eating crackers. <laughs> That's just what you got to do, you know. And they've done this, you know, for seven days. You know, it's eat unleavened bread for seven days, meaning the little, you know, soft stuff we love to, you know, eat with our sandwiches and stuff. We can't do that. And even for them, they have to take everything out of their house. If it's any kind of lemon bread in their house, I mean, a cake, a cookie, or whatever, they have to get rid of it. It cannot be in their house during the, the, um, 
through the feast of unleavened bread. And I think that that also represents the word too, trying to tell you that you have to have it this way, and you can't have it altered. Yeah, altered, right? Altered or changed mm-hmm. in any type of way. Because like he has said, a little leaven, leaven is the whole lump. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he, he's trying to tell you, don't get, you know, other stuff in the way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. And then the Feast of First Fruits. Feast of First Fruits plays on the 14th day of the month, um, the Feast of Unleavened Bread to came the day the next day after the Passover took place. So first fruits we all know first fruits. Mm-hmm. We don't have first if we're not farmers, if we're not, you know, herders or whatever, um, we don't have any of the stuff that they had back then. Our first fruits is our labor these days. Mm-hmm. Or it could be as well as something God increased you with. It doesn't necessarily have to be monetary. It can be a skill set. Um, you know, um, God blessed you with, you know, you know, you're a great cook or you know how to make stuff. Whatever it, whatever it is, you know, you're a great engineer. But the point is, whatever comes of your skill and what you receive of that skill, the increase, you know, should goes to God, you know, you give up the, the first fruits of your labor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because you know it's through God is the reason why you have this. It's through God the reason why you're able to do it. And you, again, the reason why you tithe, the reason why you give offering is so that whatever comes of your fruits, mm-hmm. the first portion of it goes to God, and He blesses the first portion, meaning He receives it, He accepts it, so that the rest of it can be blessed. Mm-hmm. If it's unacceptable as as with Cain, the rest is not is not going to prosper. Mm-hmm. It is not going to prosper. So you're going to be if you're a tiller of the land like Cain was, you probably one of these farmers out here, and everything everything you do, all your crop is dying out, and you don't know why. Mm-hmm. You know these these things happen. People don't realize God is true, and God is true to His word. Yes, He is. So know that your first fruits. Again, it can be monetary. It can be a uh, skill set, like I said. Anything um, that God increases you with, mm-hmm. you got to give him honor. you got to give him glory and praise for it. Right. And offer it up to him and say, you know, as we always say, this is all you, God. As Jesus said, nothing that I do of myself is of me. Mm-hmm. It's through him who sent me. Mm-hmm. So God sent him, and he knew that whatever was in him, God put it there. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, though, too, is that we always want, I mean, we have to see it in, in that respect of, of honoring God, you know, of giving unto him. You know, that's the reason why even within our ministry, we don't want to um, parade around like, you know, most people do. And I'm not trying to take away from what people traditionally do, but, you know, it, you have to kind of like to see the manner in which you do things mm-hmm. because it does attest to how things will actually play out inside of you. Because even like when I went to the to the Messianic synagogue, they didn't have an offering basket. They had like, um, you know, a place where offering was deposited and you go over there and you do your, 
your your deposits, and it's just you and, and the Lord. That's your sacrifice, you know, between you and God. It's it's not something that um, you know. Um, I guess you know treated in the way that that we do because most of the time too, if you know if you've been there before, when you go to church. You just kind of like fill out your envelope, and then you get up, and then you go around, and you drop it in the basket. Really no thought of God is even in it. You know, there's really, it's kind of like you see it, like they say, is your reasonable service. So it's kind of like paying a bill, you know, because you go up, you just drop, you know, drop the money in the slot or whatever, and then you kind of like go on, head around, and then, of course, everybody puts their, you know, right hand up, and we pray over it. But there's no connection. We've disconnected, you know, in that offering of this is my gift or I'm giving this back to you, Lord. It belongs to the Lord anyway. But the saying, Lord, this is what I have brought unto you. It's kind of like if you even look at those movies where you saw like the Bible where you saw Cain and Abel and how they were standing there, you know, with a basket you know, and he's putting it up, you know, to the Lord to present to God to say, this is for you. Mm-hmm. So even if you can kind of see that, like, your offering is, is, is like that, exalting it, you know, unto the Lord and, and giving it back to him. And um, it's, a, it's a personal thing, you know, between you and God. Well, and that's the whole thing, and it's about, you know, these days, you know, I was even asked a few days ago, um, what do we celebrate as far as a church goes? Um, and people in my job asked me, well, my church do this, do that, do this. Mm-hmm. What do your church do? I said, we don't do any of that. Mm-hmm. And, and don't get me wrong, everyone should have a, a tradition and a custom. You know, you, you're going to be, a, you, you're going to want to celebrate your, your church anniversary, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, you just open, you open your doors and it has maybe in 10, 15 years ago and you're doing well. So, yeah, you're going to want to celebrate stuff like that. Uh, but then they come and they start creating other stuff, you know, and they tell you we're having um, a jubilee down in Kentucky somewhere or in Chicago in order to make the trip it costs you nine hundred dollars in, in the left leg, um, and then you know, two months later they're having another one. Right. And then now this one costs you eighteen hundred dollars in a in a in the right leg. Right. But it's nothing for God. It's all about them just wanting to get up to hear people, to watch, let people hear them speak. Mm-hmm. I hate to say it, I, 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 you know, but that's the way it is these days that mm-hmm. a lot of people like to be heard. Mm-hmm. God is not in a lot of these celebratory things that are going on today in the church. Like I said, hey, celebrate your anniversaries, you know, and, and things going on in your church. But don't make up things and then tell me, oh, this is the eighth annual such and such festival and all this other stuff. When it has nothing to do with God, but it's all about you trying to collect more money Mm-hmm. to do whatever you want to do. If you need something repaired in the church, say you need it. Mm-hmm. You know, try to get a bank loan or whatever the case may, may be. But don't feed upon people's, you know, uh, will to want to know God and get closer. 
and and create festivals and and celebrations to do so. I just think it's wrong. I don't approve of it, and I'm pretty sure God doesn't approve of it. You know, and that's what He's saying to Cain: If you do well, will you will your works not be acceptable? Mm-hmm. Just because you offer something up to me, don't mean I'm going to take it. And is it even really being offered up to him? Exactly. Because like I was saying, like when you go around for the offering and just toss it and there's like a pain. But, but the thing is, you know, he, he said that the key word to Cain is if you do well, mm-hmm. meaning you didn't even put any effort into the land. You didn't put any effort into the works right. that produced these fruits. Right. So when you offer it up to me, I'm like, Where's the sacrifice? Right, right. Where's the sacrifice from you that through me that I blessed you with that this increase came? That that's key. I think we all need to take note of that one because where is the sacrifice? Because you know we can ask ourselves that throughout the throughout the year, throughout the week, throughout the day, where's my sacrifice? Mm-hmm. You know, unto God. You know, and. In what way have I sacrificed to him today? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, but, and that's what these are. Like you were saying, these are all sacrifices. Well, that's, that's what these, mm-hmm. these these feasts are. I mean, don't get me wrong. You, you, you're going to have fun doing most of these feasts. Mm-hmm. You, you know I mean, the Jewish people have lots of fun mm-hmm. uh, doing, their, doing their celebratory uh, things. But even they have um, extracurricular stuff that they do as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, you know, again, cater to people. Yeah, food festival. Right. That's fine. Mm-hmm. So my point is, don't do not do it just to be doing it. Mm-hmm. I always tell people. And then try to label God on it. Right. I said, don't, mm-hmm. don't just do stuff. You can't, you can go to church seven days a week, you know, and stay in there for five hours each time you go. But why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. You know, you have to, you know, because they, they say even with Aaron and Moses, for them to go to the Holy of Holies to go before God, they didn't do that all the time. They only went in there once a year mm-hmm. to go before God. To, um, In other words, all through the year, they were taking people's sacrifices and sacrificing it. Mm-hmm. But before they went to atone for your sins, to go into God to say, hey, in other words, they were playing the role of Jesus to go in and say, I vouched for this person and gave a righteous sacrifice. Mm-hmm. It was done once a year. So know that you're, you, when you, you you come and Jesus has paid that cost, mm-hmm. now what you need to do is build yourself up to do what's right before God. Mm-hmm. And that's why these feasts are so important because they keep you in the mindset of God. Okay, not saying that you know, hey, we're gonna start you know celebrating these feasts because it, it takes too too much for us to even get to that point to know what it is, know why it is, mm-hmm. how they do it, you know, and why they do it. it. It's a whole lot of stuff going on. And you want to and you want to make sure that you're doing it correctly, right? And so you just gotta make sure that you're in the will of God when you do anything, whether it's a, a a festival where it's a celebration, whether it's, you know, going somewhere to visit someone um, in a hospital or something. Um, don't do stuff just to 
get the praise for yourself or the accolades for yourself and get a, a pat on the back. Uh, know that everything we do is for, should be for God, and everything that we do is by God. Mm-hmm. And reverence for Him. So. The feast of peace. Uh, I was getting into the um, feast of Pentecost right now. Okay. I was reading off my notes. Um, I know I'm like one in order in which. Um, oh, okay. went, but I'm just reading off my notes. Um. What was that? Pentecost. Mm-hmm. Pentecost means 50. Because after first uh, first groups in the Passover, 50 days from Passover, Pentecost happens. And that's what it means. It's 50 days from that point. Mm-hmm. 50 days from, from Passover, they have the another celebration. Okay? You know, and... It's again. It's a wonderful celebration, and that's when everybody was in such such a joyful mood that everyone that was present that day before the apostles caught the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. They caught the Holy Ghost and started speaking in tongues. Everybody, Mm -hmm. okay. It's like Mm -hmm. so. You know, they was they were in a joyful mood. They were probably praising and honoring God so hard mm-hmm. that the Holy Ghost like, oh, man, I got to come up on that. I got to be a part of this right here, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, the Bible said that he promised and said that the comfort of will come. Right. Mm-hmm. No, I know that. And then, and then even in that, that was a sacrifice because yeah. they literally, they, they held that day just like they, you know, would always, but they came, to, they came together mm-hmm. in prayer seeking for the promise that was promised to them, you know, and and honoring that time. And I think that that's important, though, too, is, you know, set aside, setting aside that time of sacrifice, that time of communion, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, um, and um, commiseration with the Lord, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. So I've been um, considering fasting, too, <laughs> something that I've never done. I don't deprive myself from food. So um, <laughs> I'm feeling led, <laughs> feeling led that, to do a fast. So um, I've been doing some reading up on it. Um, that's definitely going to be a sacrifice. Let's see how that goes. <laughs> well, I would tell you this, uh, <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> Baby steps. What you yeah. want to do. And see if you can like skip a meal, and see how that works. And then if you can do that, then see if you can skip the next meal. You know, and build yourself up. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's how you want to do it. Don't try to jump in and say, "Oh, I'm gonna fast for three days." Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. man, you, you, you know, I tell you what, you're gonna be in, you're gonna be in for a, a battle. Um, yeah. yeah. Not just a physical battle. Yeah. It is a mental battle. It is a spiritual battle. All yeah. wrapped into one because I mean, like normally, like you know, there's days where you forget to, to eat, eat something. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, you can just forget. Like you got so busy where you say, okay, well, I, I, I'll eat something for lunch. Okay, well, I, I, I'll eat something for dinner, and then you just like, okay, you know what? I'm oh, just like going. I'm just gonna go to sleep. Right. So you just really just didn't have anything to eat that day. You know, but when you are on a fast... Because you're doing it for the Lord. So when you do doing something <laughs> for God, the enemy comes in knocking at your door. Yes, Let me tell you, I'll tell you, all the foods you say I'm not going to eat anymore, you're trying to eat healthy and whatever, 
you can smell Burger King from 15 miles away. I'm telling you. You can want donuts, all kinds of juice or whatever it is you want. Like, oh, man, I could use really use some orange juice or apple juice right now. You know, you're just like just, just craving everything. And I got one for you, too. That's the very day, and it, and it happens every time. Potluck at work. They got a potluck. They got a potluck at work, and they're making your favorite dish. <laughs> <laughs> and then they come up to you like, yeah, I want you to try this. Yeah. You got to try this. Not at all. This is my favorite, blah, blah, blah. You got to try this. It never fits either that or somebody's going to buy you lunch. You know, hey, I wanted to buy you lunch today. Any other day of the week, all year, they never buy you lunch. Mm-hmm. But on that day, they just want to buy you lunch. <laughs> 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 I mean, you it, it, it yeah, comes your, from everywhere. Your senses will kick in. You will smell everything. Oh, yes, you will. You will smell everything. You will crave it. And I'll tell you, sometimes I, I, I have to go up to the room and, and just start praying because it's like, it's hard. Yeah. You're just yeah. sitting there because that's what you should be doing. You should, when you start fasting, get in your words to start reading. Right, pray. Start reading the word and start praying because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. other than that, I'm going to sit idle and it's going to be thinking about food. Right. You know, and most of the time, what what I traditionally do is, is that I don't watch television. I only watch spiritual, spiritually um, motivated like movies or television shows or things like that. Um, I I read my word. I don't read anything else that, but outside of that, because it's all to kind of like keep you built up. And and that's where your strength really is. It's not just about your body, because you got you can get control over your body. But to con- get, get control over, you know, um, the your mind, you know, and I think that's really what it is. It's all in your head, you know. So to get control over that is it takes a little step further. So you need to kind of mm-hmm. like be wrapped up in the word, and and you need to be making sure that you're praying extra that day. If you only mm-hmm. pretty much in the morning when you're fasting, pray morning, noon, and night. You know, mm-hmm. and take that time to just be supplicating, you know, and um, and listening. And that's the one, of, one of the most important parts is, is that because um, the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So in that respect also, too, that when you're fasting, you're denying the flesh. So you're kind of like pushing the flesh away. So at that time, you are very sensitive to the spirit. So you can hear God clearer, you know. There's nothing that's um, in the way. So, um, and in so many different, to talk about just real quick, other other religions, it, it's spoken about in so many different other religions that that fasting time is a spiritual, spiritually heightened time. Your awareness is like up. You know what I mean? So so much because of the fact that the body is not getting what, or the flesh is not getting what it wants, and you're putting it down. You know, so yeah. um, in a way that that's true. It's very true. Well, yeah, a lot comes with the fast. There's a lot of things you can't do. You know, no hanky panky. You know, a lot of stuff you have to cut out right. with fast. I mean, it all has to get shut down. Right. You know. So, and then it also says to come together quickly afterwards. Yes, so it with does. Your husband, come yes. together quickly afterwards. It says, lest the enemy get between you. Yes. Because he's, because he's, because you have to be aware, like, like um, even what people are saying, that's what people are saying is, is that during that time, the enemy knows, he can see that you're not eating anything. So, of course, 
he tries to take that time to sneak in because it says he wants to sift you like wheat. So he tries to sneak in and, and do little things, and you just have to be aware. And that's what happens. I mean, when you go through and read about Jesus being baptized by John, and when he was done, he went into the wilderness to pass. Mm-hmm. And the reason why he did so, because the cleansing of, you know, the newness, and um, and he's preparing himself. But as soon as he, they said, as soon as he uh, um, went into the wilderness, here comes Satan, mm-hmm. you know, to tempt him because he knew. But before that happened, God had prepared him for something. Mm-hmm. It said that the angels had ministered on ministered unto him. Mm-hmm. So when they ministered on him, they prepared him for this battling which he was about to go through. Mm-hmm. Again, there is no lapse in time when you're doing stuff for God. He got baptized. As soon as he got baptized, boom, he went on a fast immediately. Mm-hmm. He got himself away from everybody, mm-hmm. you know, for 40 days, 40 nights. Angels ministered unto him, meaning he was open and in and, and, and tune to hear God give him what he needs for this ministry in which he's about to start. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's just what, you know, just like Passover, the first fruits, and um, Pentecost. Mm-hmm. You know, they all wrap up into one. You know, you it's just a, it's a continuous thing. Right. Those three pieces, like, oh, I mean, there's no gap in between them, you know, mm-hmm. because uh, the piece of unleavened bread is in there as well, because the piece of unleavened bread with the Passover, you have to have unleavened bread. So now it's, it's a different kind of uh, of bread, like the um, the what's that the matzah um, crackers we have for, uh-huh. for um, communion. For communion, mm-hmm. you can't use that for fasting mm-hmm. or, or 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 something like or Passover. You have to use different crackers for, for Passover. And then there's so, different types of fasts too. So if you could bump it up and talk to you about that. You know, um, too, but there's different types of fasts. Um, there's also, um, you know, fasts, you know, that everybody does together, kind of like what Esther did, um, where the community fasts together, and that's kind of like in one of, like, one of these feasts that where they say that they, he said he wants everyone to fast. So mm-hmm. there's times where you do it together, you know, and supporting one another and, and things like that. So, um, that's even a good way to start, too, is if, is if you're starting with someone else. And if you're looking for an answer for something, just like Esther was, she was looking for favor, um, you can ask somebody to fast with you, you know, um, as a support. Because the Bible says when two or three come together, you know, he is there in the midst, you know, and where every word is, where every word is established, And that's good. I feel like I need to do one at some point. I'm not, but I'm being prayerful about it. Just kind of reading about it. I feel like God um, I, I wants me to kind of let go of the flesh a little bit more. So I tried. To, I didn't have any caffeine today. I said, "Let me see how I do." Oh my gosh, I was fine in the morning, and then the afternoon crashed. Like a headache. I was so tired. Like 
no energy. <laughs> so I got to wean myself off coffee too. I think if I'm going to do that. Yeah, it's a, it's it is kind of like that in the in the reference of detoxing your 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 body, you know, from the the, the spiritual things that we hold on to. Mm-hmm. I'm I missed that last part, Summer. What was that? I said detoxing is kind of like that, where it's detoxing as well, you know, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can see it kind of like, you know, um, we don't really see the whole process, but it is spoken about uh, uh, the process was actually preparing meat. Um, one of the things that they do is they completely drain it of all the blood, you know, and of all the filth that is in it, you know, and they remove things and, you know, take things out or whatever. You know how we, we, we they do it. Yeah, that's, what, they that's, what they call, that's what I call it culture. Right, when they butcher an animal, but they actually are praying certain prayers while that's happening, with, they're preparing it. So it's, it's the same thing for yourself is that you're preparing yourself, you know, you're, you're removing those things, all the weights and all of the, you know, um, the things that are not good, you know, and that is that you would be presented, like he says, um, make yourself that holy and acceptable no. under God. Yeah. You know, um, consecrating yourself. It's always that. Mm-hmm. It really, it really yeah. is. It's very yeah. redundant. Yeah, but um, I forgot to read this for you guys for the Pentecost. And it says here in verse 15, still in Leviticus 23, verse 15 says, And ye shall count unto you from tomorrow after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheep of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths, meaning seven weeks, seven times seven is 49, right, shall be complete. Even unto the morrow after the seventh Sabbath shall ye number 50 days, and ye shall offer a new meat offering unto the Lord, which is Pentecost. Okay? And then verse 17 reads, and you should bring out of your habitations two wave loaves and two tenth deals. They shall be of fine flour. They shall be bacon with leaven. They are the first fruits unto the Lord. So it's, it's just your pretty much your wheat and whatever else you can you know, you can come up with. It sounds like when you see that there, you can kind of see where God is saying that He's building a new house. You know how, um, you know, he says, like, if you tear this house down in three days, I'll build it back up. He's trying to, you can kind of see how he takes you from a fast to you eating specific things Mm -hmm. or bringing specific things because he's saying that I'm going to build you up in this way. Right. So that's kind of like the same thing that he said that he's saying even within a fast is that I need to break all of that down to build you back up in the manner that I want you to be. Right. Yes, indeed. So in verse 24 is where he accounts for the blowing of the trumpets. He says, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, which if they start in April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, in the first day of the month, 
shall ye have a Sabbath, a memorial of blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation. Ye shall do no servile work therein, but ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. Again, we don't have to do any more offerings like Jesus has done all the offerings. That's where everything pretty much starts with the offering. The offering has been given. The blowing of the trumpet is still a celebratory thing to give honor to God. Okay? Now, in verse 26, he says, And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Also, on the tenth day of this seventh month, there shall be a day of atonement. It shall be a holy convocation unto you, and ye shall afflict your souls. That's what Mindy's talking about. And offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. He's just saying you got to fast. you got to go through some, you know, because the new year is about to come again. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, too, like um, we have a tradition um, in our family to make sure that all the clothes is clean before the new year and make sure that your house is clean you got to go through the entire house, clean everything up, and before, you know, 12, you know, strikes 12, there should be no, you know, unclean or no, no dirty things around your house. So it's kind of like that same mm-hmm. thing, that same tradition of yeah. cleaning everything out. Yeah, absolutely. And, again, no work is done. It should be a statue forever throughout your generations and all your dwellings. That's in verse 31. And it says in verse 32, There shall be unto you a Sabbath of rest, and ye shall afflict your souls in the ninth day of the month at evening. Meaning, that's why I told you guys, they always started a day ahead mm-hmm. or an hour ahead, mm-hmm. whichever or, depending on the feast and the, what they were doing. So in verse 34, it speaks of the Feast of Tabernacles. Begin to the children of Israel, saying, the 15th day of this seventh month shall be the Feast of Tabernacles for seven days unto the Lord. So that's happening at the same time. Okay. And on. Okay. Oh, I told my head to wrap up. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, we talk about, you know, Palm Sunday as well. Mm -hmm. I know they do a thing for Palm Sunday, you know, Mm -hmm. out of tradition. Mm -hmm. And and you will find that in verse 39. And he says, also in the 15th day of the seventh month, when ye have gathered in the fruit of the land, ye shall keep a feast unto the Lord. Mm -hmm. Seven days, which is what we just spoke of. On the first day shall be a Sabbath, mm-hmm. and on the eighth day shall be a Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And ye shall take you on the first day the bows of goodly trees, branches and palm trees, and the bows of the thick trees, and willows of the brook. And ye shall rejoice before the Lord your God seven days. So we say Palm Sunday, but he said to do it seven days. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we don't even celebrate when we just we just gather them 
they just literally like it ain't even a whole problem. They just give you like a string off the thing, and like here you go. And people like making like little hair bowl things with them and all kinds of crazy in their heads. No honoring God in it. It's all, it's just it's just a fiasco. Uh, I'm not going there. <laughs> okay. All right, verse 41, he says, And ye shall keep it a feast unto the Lord seven days in the year. It shall be a statue for every, forever in your generations. Ye shall celebrate it in the seventh month. So, I didn't see anything there about Christmas. I didn't see anything that said Easter. I didn't see anything that said Thanksgiving, even though Thanksgiving is giving thanks to him, but it's done for seven days. At the beginning of the month, mm-hmm. well, the middle of the month, right? Well, yeah, Thanksgiving is American holiday. Right? That's my point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's the point I'm making. We replaced God's feast with our own. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, for a country to be raised on the foundations of of, of biblical um, principles, principles mm-hmm. we have truly walk far away from them. Mm-hmm. Lost sight of what was true in us. For so the marketing and the monies and the glamour and everything else. Mm-hmm. So again I'm not telling everyone they need to go out and start doing these beasts and whatnot. It's just to make you aware mm-hmm. and to be conscious of ourselves, of what we are doing because mm-hmm. God sees and knows all, mm-hmm. and of course, you know, like I said, you would ask me this three or four, maybe five years ago, I'd have been right there with you, Easter, 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 mm-hmm. you know, but I know better now. Mm-hmm. So, again, once you come into the knowledge thereof, you are responsible for that knowledge. Mm-hmm. How you handle it, how you shepherd it, how you be a steward of it is upon you. Mm-hmm. So I hope you guys gain some insight. I think a lot of it is, you know, talk about ourselves and especially, you know, making sure that we are a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, that, you know, everything, especially even within the New Testament, everything that comes about, you know, um, it, it manifests. I should say, everything becomes manifest. So we know that this is the meaning of this and what it really truly means, and everything always kind of comes back to you. Mm-hmm. You know, it comes back to God and also comes back to you and the things that he's done and the things that you are to do. So, I mean, it's um, it's very um, internal, and especially everything that we talked about, because like he has said, you know, even that part where he tells you that, that when you bring um, bring your offering, you bring it with fire, mm-hmm. you know. And then even when it, you know when it comes to uh, the the day of Pentecost, he said that the Holy Ghost sat down on them as of cloven tongues of fire. Mm-hmm. So he was, you know, he's 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 telling you that it's on the inside now, mm-hmm. you know, and everything that's represented here in all of these different feasts is on the inside, inside now. It's it's inside of you now. We can, now we can accelerate. Now we can graduate from that understanding of what what these customs meant. What did they do? What you know? What 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 did that mean? Mm-hmm. And especially when you can dedicate yourself to that and dedicate yourself, God, 
in it. Mm-hmm. And you can truly consecrate yourself internally. And like he had said, you know, afflict your soul. He wasn't talking about just your body but your soul. Mm-hmm. How can I afflict my soul? Only by knowing, having the knowledge mm-hmm. of, you know what I mean, of, of what I'm That's the only way I can enter in into that, into that place of my soul and deal with my soul, you know. So, Tina, you want to add anything about the feet? Did you get anything? No, um, no, I didn't want to add anything. Okay. Um, I know I've been in and out and stuff. Uh, keeps calling. Um, no, uh, I probably would add this: is um, it's always good to know why you're doing something, because mm-hmm. we do always fall into the past and into patterns where we just do stuff and we just simply don't know why we're doing it. And that's why we lose the the meaning of something mm-hmm. because we no longer know why we're doing it, so therefore we no longer care. Mm-hmm. And I think knowing the fundamental reason why we do something keeps us connected to that actual thing that we're doing plus keeps us ultimately connected to God. Right. Knowing why we are doing this at the end of the day, right. not just, Following blindly behind the, you know, the latest fad, mm-hmm. because mom or daddy told me to do so. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Melinda. Melinda O'Brien. Okay. You go. You okay, Melinda? Oh yeah, I didn't know Brian was going to say something. Um, I was, I, I just want to say I did learn about the feast. I mean, I heard of Passover and Yom Kippur, but this is really insightful to learn about the different feasts. Um, and what I came across was just from a, like just watching videos on like the Messianic uh, Jewish preachers. Yeah. Um, how those feasts are coinciding with God's overall plan for humanity. Like, so we've already gone through the spring feast, but we're not into the, the fall feast yet. Have you yeah. read into any of that, Keith? And I mean, and this is probably a yeah. whole other study. <laughs> I, didn't, I had notes. I just didn't go over everything because I know we ran out of time. So, um, you know, I had to get the short version. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. But anyway, maybe we could do that in another study. Um, like I, you know, I understand like the um, the summer, I mean, sorry, the spring feast, like the Passover, like, okay, that's, you know, Jesus dying for us. It's representative of that. That's already happened. You know, Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came. But where it gets murky is the the fall feast because this hasn't happened. It has to do with the end times. I just think it would be interesting to sort of explore that and kind of get your take on that. Okay. And then we can add in close on and keep the eighth feast, the eighth, the last one of all, which is missing in Revelation, mm-hmm. is our final feast that we have with the Lord. Yes. But we all drink from the same cup. Well, that's why you say he would not drink. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah in the vine until um, with you in, in heaven. That's right. Glory. So we, maybe we can add that one on the end of it, too. Okay. 
Okay, we'll we'll extend this one then. Um, you guys will be out next week. Um, so I'll find some else for us to study because um, I want to make sure Mindy's a part of <laughs> of it. Um, so I guess when, you guys will be gone for a week or two. Uh, we'll be back the week after. So okay. hold on, let me look at the dates here. So we'll just be gone next week, but we'll be yeah, I'll be. Um, Back on the, I guess it's August, August 2nd. No, I'm getting my months mixed up. August 5th, it's the first Wednesday. No. I'm very tired, guys. Okay. I'll be back on the 29th. I'll be back on July 29th. Okay. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus